Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Good evening everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Gatecast. I'd like to say I know what number this is but at the time of recording I haven't got a clue. For your information, uh, it is now roughly 8.30 on a Friday night, January the 31st, 2014. Yes, 2014, folks. This episode has been sitting on the hard drive for a long, long time. Okay then, I'll interject now. This is episode 286 of the Gatecast. We will be looking at the Stargate Atlantis episode, Trio. Well, we have a guest tonight, uh, something a little different, his first time on the podcast, or maybe not, he may have actually done a few episodes before this. Again, this was recorded in 2014, remember this. Another update, this is the second time you've heard Philip on the Gatecast, although this was the first episode he ever recorded with us. Greetings Phil, how are you mate? Oh, hello there Mike, how are you? Fine, thanks. Yes. Uh, you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Well, yes, I, I could do. I'm, uh, I work with Mike. We work together in Nottingham there. And um, he basically has introduced me to the Stargate universe and uh, got me into it. And uh, I've been whizzing through the episodes and enjoying every single one of them. I think uh, each episode is, is an incredible little adventure within itself. And, you know, personally, I'm amazed at Add keep such a high level of excitement and good storytelling going in each episode. So uh, he's now coaxed me into doing a podcast. So I hope that I do okay. I think you should. We've chosen this episode. It was one uh, Phil actually really enjoyed. Is it Sharon? Yes, and Sharon. Yes, my. Uh... I can remember when uh, I emailed her once. I called her something. It wasn't her name, was it? No, it was something like Helen or something. But she didn't hold. She didn't hold it against you. Yeah, she <laughs> fair enough. She's just carried. The aim was to get both Phil and Sharon on, but we've got to sort out the technical uh, little loopholes to make that work. So tonight it's just Phil. Mm-hmm. We will be doing the episode a trio. Correct. Of course, as you know, that's a Stargate Atlantis episode. Right. I think we'll have fun. It is one of the more Intriguing little episodes, considering that half the cast are missing. <laughs> quirky. Yes. Very quirky. I've been listening to a few podcasts today. Have you? Yes, catching up on a bit of you and Alan in action. Hear how it's done by the professionals. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not any of the first 50 or 60 episodes, that's fine. <laughs> Just that first 50 or 60. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we sorted it out after 60. But, uh, you know, it was it was good stuff. Um, yes, I think the last one, I mean, um, obviously Alan's in Iceland. Finland. Finland, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, he still finds the time to uh, do this, though, which is good. I tried to watch the first episode of um, Farscape the other day. Did you? Yes. And I got three quarters of the way through and gave up. I just found it a bit silly. You know, the, uh, the two sort of uh, alien man and woman on the ship and one thing and another, and I just thought, oh, it's just not working for me. I think it either does or it doesn't, and that just didn't. Farscape is a fantastic sci-fi series, once it gets going. Once it gets going. It takes a while to live with the Muppets. Yeah, yes, that was what I thought of it, yeah. yeah. Muppety creatures that was on the ship. I thought, well, you're either going to get that or you're not, and I'm not getting it. Yeah. So I weren't getting it. It just it looked a bit amateurish and a bit daft. It isn't though that, that's one of the beauties of it yeah 
when it first aired on the BBC, I missed the pilot pilot episode. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So the first episode I watched was the second episode. Right. And I literally switched off after about 15 minutes. Which is more or less what, well, I managed to hang on for half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went back about a month later, watched a bit of it and thought, no, I don't like it. Yeah. And probably a good two years later, I settled down to watch some IndyCar racing from America. Yeah. And it was cancelled. So I went channel surfing. Mm. Got to the sci-fi channel and this picture was on screen. Big star field asteroid belt they zoomed in in the asteroid belt and there was a ship behind this asteroid mm-hmm. and it was one of the most beautiful pieces of cgi i'd ever seen yeah and it was farscape right and i watched the episode and i thought this was brilliant mm. and that's when i went back mm. and i still didn't like the pilot much and i still didn't like the second episode much right but once it settles down it is stunning really and uh. it is one of the few shows yeah. that had me in a certain episode a certain scene bawling my eyes out really Really? <laughs> really? And this was. Is, series is all pre-SG1, isn't it? Or Similar. Similar timeline. Similar time, right. Farscape was made in Australia. Right. If I went back to that, basically, tough it out for a couple of episodes. Yeah. And get into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rem. Inviting you to join us for the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, a weekly review and exploration of the sci-fi movies that we all love. Ever wonder why Stanley Kubrick removed A Clockwork Orange from distribution in the UK? Why did Ridley Scott's Alien have no eyes? Or who's the better dread, Sylvester Stallone or Carl Urban? Judgment time. And why do I hate The Fifth Element so much? Um... Really? Don't even get me started. Follow us on Facebook at Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. The Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. Subscribe in iTunes or visit our website at scifimoviepodcast.com. Okay, then we might as well get right into it. We had a good natter before we started recording the episode proper, so we've got all that out of our systems. As usual, we are watching a Region 2 DVD rip, runtime 41 minutes 47 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, just set it up on the black screen at 0000 seconds. And when I do the countdown, just press play and follow along. Are you ready then, Phil? On your cue. Right then. Three, two, one, play. Right then, nice little seascape. Yep. Nice long high shot of the, the gate room. Pantsuits all round. Yep, here they are, the team together. The A team. Notable lack of skirts in Atlantis. This isn't Star Trek. Yeah, true that. Yeah, disappointingly. But <laughs> we were discussing our admiration of Amanda Tapping before all this started, but we won't go into that at the moment. Although there's plenty of fans of the show that go goo-goo eyes over hmm. John Shepard. Even Rodney has his fans. Yeah, but not us, Mike. <laughs> not us, <laughs> we don't count ourselves. We can appreciate the oh, character. Of course we can, yeah. This is not a contest. Obviously, they're living in a settlement that's not safe for habitation. You need to convince them to move to another part of the continent. Well, we tried. It's not working. Why not? Why the lollipop? That was uh, Joe Flanagan's choice to have a lollipop. Ah. It was actually mentioned in the commentary, which was uh, done by Martin Wood, Martin Garrow, and Amanda Tapping. Ah. It was just something he decided to do, to suck on his lollipop. A tip in his hat to Kojak or something there. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. Ah. It always remind me of a group of squabbling kids, you know, and Amanda tapping as the teacher. <laughs> yeah. Arguing over things all the time. Appreciate that, Carl. Jennifer, Rodney. I'll meet you at the gate in one hour. Uh, I was rather hoping you'd go by yourself and I wouldn't... One hour. 
Yes, there's Ronnie thinking, I don't have to do any more work. Yeah, I know. I'm hungry. I want to go to bed. He likes his food, doesn't he, Ronnie? It makes you dizzy, that. <laughs> doesn't he put you through the wormhole? And he does yeah. a bit. There we go. Yes. Hannah. Canada in all its glory. Hmm, fantastic country. <laughs> cardio. All this back and forth is getting me winded. Can I take in the jumper? Oh, suck it up, it's not that bad. I have to hike this much almost every day. You do? Yeah, I'm a very active person. Yeah, I love the way Rodney just tries to impress her a little bit now with his, you know, alpha male. Yeah, but look at him, he, he's exhausted the poor bloke. It's not, it's not coming off, is it? <laughs> There's probably nothing in his backpack either. There's <laughs> uh, uh, energy bars, I think. Yeah, he's, al he's always got an energy yeah, bar. All the different flavours. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, he's gone, look. Just like... <laughs> He even took me by surprise, and I've seen it before. Yeah, now, now both of you don't go near the hole. Not both of you. <laughs> now, come on, Amanda, you're clever. One of you go, and the other one stay back a little bit. Oh, thank God. Don't move, okay? <sighs> We're going to head back to the gate, try to get some help. Just just try to stay as still. Oh! oh, this is a mixture of CGI and practical effects. This yeah. is, a, you know, the close-up shot and that CGI backdrop. You know, it is very clever, but no common sense. No, it really, as you said, that was rather silly thing to do. It was, really. And a practical effect, both of them getting pulled into the hole, but speeded up. Yeah. In real time, it was too slow. I've also noticed that that fall is about 20 feet. Yes. And But let's not worry about that. No, we don't worry about that. No, no. It would do you some serious damage, I believe, 20 foot. Yeah. It made a good stuff. Trio, season four, episode 16 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast episode to be filled in later. The episode was directed by Martin Wood and written by Martin Garrow. It had its premiere February the 8th, 2008 in the US, February the 11th in Canada, February the 12th in the UK, April the 18th in Sweden, and Australia got it December the 17th, 2009. Blimey, do you want to know all that off the top of your head, Mike? No, I do research. Oh, very organised of you. Which is why Alan was complaining about the lack of when he did it with Brad. Yeah, that's you impressed me for a moment there when you come up with all that. <laughs> Don't move if you feel any shooting pains. I would never move if that was the case. Ugh. Ow. As you can see, they've survived the fall. No broken bones, maybe a few bruises, but that's about it. Yeah, it's good going, that. They're very lucky. Yeah. This was intended to be a bottle episode, basically used existing sets and existing cast. Right. With the aim to save some money. Unfortunately, once they started actually producing it, they realised that it was going to cost a whole lot more money and take a lot longer to do. So it became, I believe, the most expensive episode in this series. Why? Cause... Because of all the logistics, this set was actually designed for Continuum, oh, the uh, Stargate movie. Right. If you look at it, all the crew involved, all the logistics of it, you know, it's so difficult to film. It took eight days, full unit work, to film this episode, when they normally take six days with a little bit of coverage. Ah. They ended up having to build another set because they couldn't finish the story any otherwise, so that was more expense. Right. That's not going to budge unless we enter the right code. Look, these symbols are Janine numerals. You can crack the code, though, right? Like electronic. electronic. What did he say? What she said. <laughs> what she said. I like the way she stopped him using the red door because red means danger, yeah. you know, in every single language on every planet. Of course it does, yes. 
they may have picked it up because you know they've met the Jinai before. True, nasty bunch. I don't like them at all, especially the big fella. No. Okay, on three. One, two, three. There goes that plan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Leverage. That's what you want. Leverage. Yes, we need a crowbar. Anyone? Oh, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you look at the red door, there's a hole in it. Ah. That was caused when they first did this scene. Ah. The actual bar went straight through the wooden door. You're a mine of information, Mike, and there's no pun intended there. <laughs> what if that door was sealed for a reason? What, you think maybe there's a scary monster back there? No. I think this is a good episode for the Doctor. Because it gives her a real chance to sort of assert herself as a, as a main character in this episode. Yeah. And also build up a bit of a relationship with Rodney, which obviously blossoms. I have read a lot of people that didn't like Ella. Yeah. Always considered her a bit whiny, a bit mm. mousy. There's no doubt about that, but she shows a bit of metal in this episode, doesn't she? And that, I think, is where she turns the corner, eventually. It was that, and of course, losing Carson. And he was a beloved character. Temporarily losing Carson. <laughs> a guy who's got a, a greater name as that's got to be kept yes you'd have thought so wouldn't yeah. you my surname by the way wondering what, what I mean by that strange you'd have thought the Jinai would have stripped mind well yeah I mean, what's the idea of that room just a little you know a big cavern with about a foot of topsoil on top of it yeah it's very dangerous I know they live underground you know so yeah. maybe that's how the mindset is possibly yeah sit tight and wait when we don't check in, they'll send a team. Our radio should work down here, right? Yeah, it should. Okay, so we sit and wait. Here she goes now, sorting everything out. Yes, she'll find a ladder. She'll sort something out. I mean, I think you know when you're struggling, when Carter can't sort it out, then you're really struggling. If it's going to take her longer than 40 minutes, they're in yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, you would just look to her and let her deal with it, wouldn't you, ordinarily? <laughs> yeah, that's a worry. Yes, there's some guys up at the top throwing real dirt onto the actors. Okay, this doesn't look like a safe place to be. No, there's no way out, so there's nowhere else to go. That sounded very, very bad. Bit of an understatement, Rodney. Uh, what do you suppose the probability is that this room is on the same kind of metal stilts as those other rooms we saw over there? Very high. You've got such a genius like Rodney, and they risk him on so many of these terrible sort of, you know, adventures they have, don't you? You think you'd just send Solenka and keep Rodney back? There is a good point. He probably would have been just as effective being on Arteria 51 doing research. Yeah. But because he is so clever, mm. he can sort stuff out on the fly that other people can't, yeah. so that's why he's on the team. Yes. The supports that are stopping this room from dropping into the chasm are going to rapidly destabilise now that we've added all this extra weight. Thanks for that. Yes, pulling me fat. <laughs> <laughs> if Rodney had said that, he'd have got his eyes scratched out. Yeah. We're going to have to find a way out of here. OK. There's only one way out, and there's crates in there. I've seen this on a video game somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it then. There are a lot, of, a lot of crates in here. Yeah, rickety old ones. I killed, like, three of them on the way down. Yeah, but maybe we could make, like, a pyramid. Stack them up. Climb out. I don't think there's enough to... Uh, there are, actually. Just barely enough to get us high enough, but we should be able to make it work. You think they'll support our weight? There's only one way to find out. 
Now, the problem with this episode is that Amanda Tapping is definitely afraid of heights. Oh, right. Very. And unfortunately, it was written that she did all the climbing. Ah. She hated it when she saw that script. And they gave her a hell of a lot of praise because of what she actually was willing to do. Yeah. But even then, there was one particular part of the scene and just take a step back and broke down in tears. Really? That bad? I mean, sometimes you, you see them doing the simplest of things and you think it's all not actually happening. I superimposed or something, but obviously at some point they do actually do it and climb up things. Obviously, she's not going to uh, literally fall off things and so on. We know that. But Well, just consider this. One of the reasons why, when you said, why did this episode cost so much? Mm. Whenever you see these actors standing on anything, they are fully wired up. Right, yeah. And every single wire had to be painted out in post. Yes. And there was about a hundred wires. Yeah. And they all had to be removed digitally. Yeah, that's something you don't take into consideration when you're watching the episode, yeah. I've got subtitles on and it's just McKay grunting. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, you know, I always leave the subtitles on because Alan likes that and he, and he has the volume down low. Yeah, exactly. I've got it now, yeah. Creek, creek. Maybe, maybe you should come down from there. It just, it, it sounds like it's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get that perfectly square. I'd take a step back as well if I were you. Uh... There she goes. She's a brave girl. Once you know the wires are there, you know, you think it's... Whoa, yeah. that's a fantastic piece of stunt work. Off she goes. That was, that was a brilliant fall, wasn't it? It's a brilliant fall. Yeah. There's a making of on the DVD and Blu-ray. Right. Behind the scenes, and they show that stunt. And that's actually her doing it. Oh, no, no. no oh, no. Stunt woman that did that. Stunt woman, right. She's taking it quite well, considering she's just broken her arm or something. She's not, you know, screaming and shouting, <laughs> causing a fuss, as we don't expect from her. As uh, Amanda said in, in the commentary, uh, in one of the scenes, she looked at Rodney and says, this isn't the first sci-fi action drama I've done. <laughs> yeah. I got some files here. Anyone read Janai? Hello, hello? What have you got? Grappling hook. At least something we could use as a grappling hook. Still no ladder, though. That's handy as well, finding those grappling hooks here. That was, uh... Yes. Very handy, yeah. Okay, we won't ask why they had them there. No, that's not. ...to end our five or six feet. We tie those to our shirts, maybe even our pants together. I should be able to get us up there and support... Got some good little twinges of comedy in there. Yes, we need rope. Yes, there she goes. Look, she's on her way. Ron is starting to see the advantages of the old situation. Hello. <laughs> Oh no, she's not the whole thing again. Typical. Yeah, like... <laughs> that face. Okay. More than enough for what we need. Well, nice work. Thank you. <laughs> really meant that. <laughs> As I said, this set was originally built for Continuum. The reason they're using it now is that it can tilt through uh, about 22 degrees, ah. which comes in handy later in the episode. Yeah. It's too thin. We need to tie knots now. Need something to grip onto. Right. That's a lot of knots. Well, we only need about. 30 feet or so. Okay, well, you gals get started on the uh, nodding, and um, I'll read those files. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> what have put the rest of us on? She just takes in a stride. Oh, he can be annoying at times. Well, it's all part of his charm, isn't it, really? Yeah. Man's work, sit and read. Women's work, unknot <laughs> ropes. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough to not some earbuds. <laughs> They're only about a foot long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I like the way the doctor is just totally taking the mind off it. 
Well, here's a better one we can play. Brad Pitt or George Clooney? This was one scene they thought about cutting out. The episode ran, I think it was about seven minutes long. Unfortunately, if they cut this bit out, the conversation later in the episode wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It all connects together. Brian Greene or Neil deGrasse Tyson? Who? I mean, we don't know who they're talking about. Well, everybody should know Neil deGrasse Tyson. You've seen him. You've watched the episode he was in. Ah. Do you remember the episode where uh, Rodney and Keller go to that... The convention? Yeah, kind of. And that scientist is big display. That's right, yes. Rodney talks to two scientists, a white guy and a black guy. Right, yeah. The black guy is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ah. And he, he'll be doing the new uh, Cosmo ah, series. right. Brilliant, brilliant man. Is he? That was the one where they had in the background a banner that says the Carl Binder suite or something in the middle of the conference. Yeah, Carl Binder is a writer. This, yeah, they had Carl Binder suite conference there in the back. Every now and again, they have a prop book and normally written by one of the crew. Now, this is what I find fascinating because it's not those kids are the same on every single planet. Where <laughs> you go, they're all... This was actually Joe Malose's idea. Good point to that. The kids wouldn't help. No, and he's right there, aren't he? It doesn't matter yeah. what planet you end up on. The two kids, uh, Caminus, he's played by Isaiah Brown. You may have seen him in Psych, playing young Guster. And the other kid is Renard, played by Aidan Drummond. He's been in The Collector and The Colt and also done some voice work. So two young actors who are still in the business. And Mike, just for me and you, this one, but Isaiah Brown works across the road, you know. He does, is he? Yeah. Not that Isaiah Brown, obviously. <laughs> Who are you? We're visitors. We were on our way to speak to the people of your settlement. You shouldn't be down there. Yeah, we know. We, we fell in here by accident. You all okay? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're just stuck. We need some help. You shouldn't be down there. Yeah, thanks, kid. Like I said. Uh, we... Go tell your parents. Tell them where we are, that we're stuck and we need help. <laughs> Rodney doesn't handle kids very well. No. To like him, though, don't they? Yes, they do. Drawn to him. We're not really supposed to play out here. If our parents find out... It's okay, I promise you won't get into trouble. You don't know my father. He'll be very upset. I'll explain the situation to him. It'll be okay. Please? We're hurt. We need help. Wait a minute. He said you were all okay. I asked him. All right. Listen to me, you little brat. I am older than you and I am in charge. You will go back to your parents, you will tell them we need help, or so help me. You need something? Anything. We can get it for you. If you help us, we'll get you whatever you want. <laughs> Bribery. Bribery might work. Oh, yes, good. Great idea. Yes. Thanks. Maybe you should show me your room. Excuse me? Hey, I was once a ten-year-old boy, too. I know what gets their attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would grab their attention. That is true. It's true, yeah. But why would they leave? Well, exactly, yeah, that's the problem. Well, come back and we'll show you the other one. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, one now, one late. Left or right? Half now, half when your job's done. Uh, good luck. Good luck, at least. I mean, you wouldn't get that from your average kid, to be honest. They'd probably end up throwing stones at you from the top of the... Probably. But that's one of the, the major problems for me in this episode. The whole idea that they've gone to this planet, they've told this little community there's going to be problems and you should move. Mm. And the community are saying, look, we'll move, but only if you give us things. Yeah. I'd say, well, we don't want anything from you, so we've told you, bye-bye. Yeah, we're only trying to help you now. Yeah, why well, bribe you to go, yeah. And I suppose that because they know that there's been a lot of mining in this area and they know it's unsafe, the Atlantis team, they would be a little weary about walking across open spaces, but maybe that's taking it a bit too far. 
Well, like you said, this we shouldn't be here. That's probably why, you know, the uh, parents or the kids know that the mines were there and maybe they've lost people there previously. Mm. So that does make sense, but the whole idea of not willing to help. Yeah. Don't you have some reading to do? There's nothing in there. I mean, there's really nothing but the door code. So? So? It's not the first or last time, though, that the expedition has tried to help people. No, they just don't want to know. It's a thankless task, trying to save the universe. Steve Carell or Stephen Colbert? Ooh. Colbert, I think. Carell, but I would pick John Stewart over both of them. Don't, Rodney, don't. Don't get involved. <laughs> it can lead to no good places. Here you and Katie still, um... Oh, uh... Well, it's, it's kind of messed up now. Why? What happened? Well, I was going to propose. Uh, you were? Yeah, bought her a ring and everything, you know gonna ask her and then the uh, quarantine error happened not a great day for anyone what does that have to do with anything well i don't particularly want to go into the details but uh you know i just i told her that i needed some time for me not you know it had nothing to do with her i just i just needed to figure some stuff out and now she doesn't want to speak to me she's filed for transfer back to earth you broke up with her that's a breakup no i didn't yeah you did no i i said i needed some time for me yeah code for i'm not that into you anymore but i meant it it doesn't matter. You can't almost propose to someone and then take it back. It's a relationship killer. Oh. Oh, of course, yeah. He kind of screwed up his relationship with Katie. He did at this point, didn't he? Because he he was too tongue-tied to speak to her properly. Yeah. So that all went pear-shaped. She was pretty much perfect for him. For some reason, she adored him. Mm. Yeah. You've got to see behind the pompous ass, haven't you, I suppose? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't break up. I just said I wanted some time. He doesn't understand. He's not very good at... Obviously, he's, he's never seen friends. No. We were on a break. <laughs> yeah. He's not a people person, that's for sure. No. But he's a lot better in Atlantis than he was on Stargate SG-1. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you really disliked him on SG-1. Whereas here, you get to see the sort of... Uh, kind of almost lovable guy he is, underneath it all kind of thing. I mean, he gets them out of the mess so many times. It's incredible. I mean, they owe him their lives so many times over. You know, uh, the terrible messes he's got them out on with just a little laptop is unbelievable. And I like the way he's trying to sort something out, you know, in other episodes, and he's got 30 seconds to do it, and they're all screaming (laughs) quicker at him. (laughs) Could you do any better? Now, if they showed him the boobs, there'd be more kids. Yeah, there'd be lots of them, and they'd find one decent one amongst them who'd go, it's just not going to (laughs) happen. Calm down, Rodney. Yeah, he's lost it now. The vibrations from your voice. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that can cause it. Superstructure under this room must have buckled. One more tremor. This whole chamber's going to fall into the chasm. And the whole set is tilting. Yeah. Oh, this is where all the money was spent. One of the reasons it cost so much. It was impossible to light every scene. Yeah. Because you couldn't get all the people in into this very tight enclosed set. Yeah. It adds to the claustrophobic atmosphere of it, doesn't it? They, yeah. And so on, you know. You, you feel how claustrophobic they are, I think, a little bit by that. Okay. You should probably... Uh... All right. And strangely enough, though, Amanda was saying they had a blast filming this episode. I read a little bit today about it where they actually invented a song or something that they were singing all the way through it. Yowza. <laughs> <laughs> just about took my head off. Something about, something about Stargate Atlantis is the Titanic or something, Londo. That's it, yeah. yeah. Apparently you can't. I can do it. Just don't stand in front of me. <laughs> or behind me. 
<laughs> I nearly took a right hand. Well, more than I, they killed her. Yeah, well, that, 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 would have, that would have finished her off, that. <laughs> All things she survived and to be taken out by Rodney. Yeah. Look, look you just know who's going to have to do this in the end. Yeah, Amanda was practising this in the car park. See, almost there. Still slightly lacking. You'll get it. You can do this. Oh, no, yeah. That's not good. This is the one. I can feel it, this is the one. Odorless, no doubt. And you've also got the music started, so you know something's going to happen here. No. No. Of all the bad luck. Oh, yeah, exactly. You just wouldn't see that coming, would you? Things are just going from bad to worse. <laughs> and this is another thing, you know, in SG-1, Sam Carter is just, to say, just one of the guys, you know, mm. surrounded by Tilk, Daniel, Jack or Cameron. Yeah. Anything hurt? That's just my pride. Yeah, that, that's what you want. She's nothing special, yet in Atlantis, she is so far ahead of virtually everybody yeah. else. Yeah, she stands out from the crowd, yeah. You'd think that if Shepard was there, he'd, he'd have managed to do that or whatever. He'd have been the one able to have done it. All right, here goes nothing. Oh, nuts. It didn't work, though. Wee. Up it go. Ah. Two for two. Oh. You know, they had some darts. They've got to do it twice, because if it failed once, they wouldn't just walk away. No, no. It took them too long to get to this point, so they had to show it twice. You'd have had at least one more go at it before it just yeah. isn't working. Pretty weak topsoil, though, isn't it? No really deep embedded roots. Yeah, yeah. Any other ideas? <laughs> He's got a clue. He always snaps his fingers. Yeah, he's come up with something. Good old Rodney. Using these. Stack a couple of crates for golden. We got that high before. Yeah, but I don't think these are long enough to span the distance between these two beams. So we find a hammer and nails. Sure, why not just add a jetpack and a trampoline to that list? It is possible to find a hammer and nails. We've been over the room pretty thoroughly. But there's got to be hammer and nails. Well, even if we found them... Look, we just, we just have to build a bridge. I'm not saying it's going to work. I mean, if you're going to be stuck down a, a mine shaft with two people, it might as well be Carter and McKay. Because if anyone's going to get you out of there, it's going to be them two. Unless you're just a normal airman, then maybe not. Oh, no, yeah, then you're probably dead, yeah. That goes like this. Using these three knives, and without moving these three cups, you need to build a bridge that can support another cup's weight. There's got to be. <laughs> Why? Is... What sort of mine would there be if there weren't hammer nails? And maybe, you know, an old lunch pail with some Twinkies in. Yeah, you know, you just don't know what you might find. It's a tiny little room, but they haven't explored it all yet. Alan McCullough gets a credit for bringing this little trick into the episode. Okay, you know what? We're geniuses. We could probably figure it out, but uh, I'll be the gun, so... I thought she was going to do the which cup is the bean under. <laughs> well, that's just a total waste of time. Time and a place for everything. That's right. In the behind the scenes, they, they showed how much effort it took to do this in full scale and how they had to rig it up so it looked like just the three of them could do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it took a lot of work for him, actually, in the episode. You see him stacking everything up. Well, the planks are wood, you know, since this would 2 be 10 Some weight there. Right, yeah. You owe me a beer, by the way. Hey, this works? I'll try you a keg. Yes. Brilliant idea. Great little smile she's got. Yeah. She definitely grows on you, I think, as a character. 
Have you seen Firefly? No. That is something you've got to watch. Right. I will lend you the DVDs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's in that. Yes. Mm. Bit of ingenuity, all this. Yeah, all of a sudden the backpack looks heavy. Yeah, yeah, the one who was kind of... <laughs> yeah. He's putting a few bricks in it. And Jules Date, no problem at all walking along these bars. You know, totally up for it. But again, they're all wide up. Yeah, or not. Safety concerns. Yeah, a few falls, no doubt, during the making of the film that we don't see. Look at those planks, they must weigh a ton. Yeah. When you see behind the scenes with three or four guys handling them. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks so easy. Give leverage and so on. But yeah. It looks plausible. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with the theory. Yeah. Yeah, this is when you've really got to work together, haven't you? Put all your differences to one side and just get out of there. Oh, <laughs> worrying, creaking. So close as well. Oh, I think this was a scene where Amanda had to take a break. Right. It freaked her out a bit too much. I think in reality, you'd just be desperate to lunge at this point. Just lunge at the actual and grab something and hold on. Such a good idea. Listen, I know I have a reputation for being overly pessimistic, but I really think you should come down right now before it all collapses. Sam, Sam, just head back. I'm almost there. Oh no! Ah! Ah, Sam! Don't move! Don't move! Total credit to the stunt woman that did this. Yeah, it's a brilliant fall. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look as though she's protecting herself in any way. As she falls, it looks like a just absolute fall, which I suppose is the art of it. Yeah. <laughs> Your leg is broken. Oh, we're in trouble, though, aren't we? No, we'll be fine. We just, uh, we'll be fine. If this was real, she'd be dead. You, well, you wouldn't be in a very good state, for sure. You'd, you'd have a lot of damage after coming down like that, yeah. There's some YouTube videos I've been watching, and they look at a movie, and they actually have a doctor or a medical expert tally up the injuries, like they did Die Hard. Yeah. You know, how many times McLean actually died during that, should have died during yeah. that film. And obviously, like yourself, I'm a great fan of Supernatural, and the amount of times that he slammed <laughs> against the wall and, and the plaster on the walls all cracked behind him, you know I mean? I just don't think that guy would uh, still be walking. Ow! Ooh. Ouch. Just a sprain, don't worry about it. Yeah. <sighs> Tell me when you can feel my finger on the bottom of your foot. And there was a little criticism of her toes as well. Never. Yeah. Why? Because they were too clean and... Got... Was it pedicured? I was just looking at them. I was counting them to begin with. It's fine. How many is it? Yeah, and they said, well, perhaps that's what Carter does. That's her treat. She, you know, she looks after her feet. Yeah. Or maybe Jack has a thing for feet. Who knows? Yeah. Have a few girly traits, doesn't she? <laughs> Look. How bad is she? Well, it's, it's not so bad. She still has feeling in her foot, so there doesn't seem to be any nerve damage, but the break's pretty severe. She's only fallen 20 foot, second time today. Onto planks. She's okay. Bad, isn't it? Well, it's not really good. No, I mean, I, I would need to get her under a scanner. Okay, worst case scenario, she's bleeding internally. How long has she got before she... Oh, yeah, that's bad. Before it becomes very serious. 
they were actually planning on bringing the makeup artists in to do a bit of work on her feet, make them look a bit dirtier. Yeah. But they couldn't get her onto the set. Really? Well, once it's all set up, you know, just, there's just no way. Like I said, there's no. You can't just. It's not like a normal set where you can just pull a camera back and someone can walk in on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Especially now it's tilted. Yeah. For safety's sake, it's pretty much sealed so people can't fall out of it. You don't think about it in those terms, actually. It's hard to imagine all that. Yeah. I wouldn't take the morphine. Gotta keep a clear head. We just have to figure out a way out of here. At least one of us does. Chances are pretty slim that I'm gonna climb out. Ow. Yeah, well, the crates are out. This is something they didn't really think about when they came up with the idea. Mm. And when the uh, dollar sign started to mount up. Yeah. I love that comment by Carter, though. She don't want any morphine. She needs to keep a clear head to think how to get out of there. What a girl. All my energy's focused on not screaming in agony. Yeah, McKay, Alice. feel a bit just because I'm worried. <laughs> well, the grappling hook didn't work because the hook wouldn't hold our weight in the soil. The crates didn't work because Sam was too heavy. Uh, oh, well, we all would have been. I mean, our weight in general. It had nothing to do with you. It's just, I mean, you're in very good shape, seriously. You have, like... Uh, the perfect body. Unusual for Stargate as well, maybe for any series, the episode was filmed pretty sequentially, each scene following each of the... Oh, right, the one yeah, after it. yeah. Again, probably because they couldn't redress the set at all. Yeah. The damage done had to carry on. Because a lot of people don't realise, obviously, they're shooting scenes all over the place in terms of the episode, and then patch it together at the end, you know. Oh, well, if we kept quiet, I bet he would have gone on like that forever. OK, I'm sorry. What I mean is that, is that you have... Rodney... Stay on topic. Right. Okay. Uh, right, where was I? Uh, all right. Make sure, Rodney. He's rambling again. He's rambling. He is, yeah. Sign of nervousness. I mean, she's not worried. I mean, Rodney's gone a bit potty and Carter's down. I mean, you know, I bet two dancers have gone. <laughs> Barely? You're not watching? It was... It's just that it's a lot heavier than that. See, Rodney's fairly useless in this scenario because there's no uh, sort of electrical way out of it. There's no ele- logical way out. I need a detonator. She placed the detonator out of the tube. He still comes up with ideas, but like you say, practicality. Uh oh. <laughs> now. Ah, we have to seal the bottom of the tube around the gas leak. He's thought something up. He's back in his high school days when he built his nuclear weapon. That's right, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. All the scientists were laughing at him in that episode you were talking about earlier because he hasn't published paper in 20 years, doing nothing, you know. <laughs> just lost saving different galaxies and stuff. Yeah, Martin actually saw this on the Gizmodo website, a bloke building egg cannon. Right. Thought it was such a great idea, he incorporated it into this episode. It is amazing, isn't it? It's just the sort of thing Rodney would do, though. You know, it's the sort of thing you would manage to cobble. A very complex solution to a... Yeah. Well... Well, I'm not sure you... It's an easy situation, but how else are they going to get out of it? struggling at this point, aren't they, I think? Uh, yeah, that was a reference to uh, his little experiment into nuclear physics. No, there's a good chance when you do... Yeah, sit right next to the explosion. Yeah, that's not a good idea, no. Standing back. An explosion like this probably rupture every gas pipe in the place. Well, you want a bit of stability, don't you, when you're in that teetering sort of <laughs> cube, you know, but set a cannon off in the middle of it is not your best idea, but... Yeah, look at it, she looks terrified. <laughs> oh, it's surprising. Would have been a laugh if he forgot to tie it down. Oh, yeah. 
cannon. It looks as though it's worked. They were a little disappointed with the CGI for it, but I thought it looked okay. Yeah, it did the job. Just got to haul yourself up now. Make sure it's nice and secure. That's it. Keep throwing the keep throwing the dirt down. Yep. Add a bit more weight to the whole problem. <laughs> oh, lots of dirt. Loads of it. Wouldn't surprise me if people volunteered for that job. Oh yeah, obviously the uh, weight differential now is um, is going to pull them over. <laughs> there she goes. There she blows. The soil comes down, the weight goes up, they crash to the ground. Whoa! <laughs> Hold on! <laughs> oh, saved by Rodney. God, that's precarious. And that's the other set they had to design and build. More money. Yeah, a lot of money. That's the only way they could figure out how to get them out that wasn't stupid. Rodney, don't let go! Rodney! Sam, I can't hold it! Yes, you can! No, no, I've never been good at holding heavy things. I had an old lady's grocery cart when I was in college. It's one of the reasons I didn't date as much as I Stay should Stay focused! You need to pull her up! Oh, really? I was just, just getting used to the idea of not letting go. You're yeah. hanging there forever, Rodney. Well, help me! Rodney, I can't help you. I can't even stand up. You're going to have to pull her up on your own. The idea worked. Concept of the whole. That you can't go up, realistically. Yeah, you had to go down. Yeah. Like the way Rodney gives you a reminiscence about his life, you know, when you're hanging by the thread on you. There's never a time when he could he'd just say, I'm all right. No, no, there's got to be something behind it. If the mine shaft is harder to get out of than this chamber. We've already lost our exit, Rodney. I'll take my chances. Just lower me. I can't hold on forever. You and me both. I really love the way that, you know, Rodney's in some respects portrayed as a bit of a coward or or whatever he might be, you know, not the opposite of an alpha male, but when it really comes to it, it's all those things, actually, but in his own way. Well, when he gets riled up, he's as dangerous as anybody. Well, even now, I mean, the rope's burning through his hands, you know, he's got someone's life hanging there, but he's doing every single thing he can yeah. to make sure that everyone's okay, you know, so he does it, but in his own way kind of thing, not in a very sort of upfront way. She got a little bit of criticism because she couldn't quite grasp how to hang on to the rope. If you look at her arms, she's not really showing any strain. Right. It looks like she's standing on something and just mimicking holding on to the rope. Yeah. Whereas her arms are holding a complete weight. Jewel ended up swinging on this rope for about two and a half hours to get the shot. Wow. Come on, you guys gotta get down here. You go. What? No way. There's no way I'm gonna be able to lower myself. You won't have to. I'll lower you. Rodney, your hands. Ooh, nasty. Yeah. Get an infection if you're not careful. Oh, not at all. Look, I'm not leaving you behind. Come on, make your seat. <laughs> Should have wrapped something around those hands before and... So they found a chair for her. <laughs> Cobbled that together. See, Rodney saves the day again. It'd been better if he'd done the rope twice around that pipe. For safety's sake. Yeah. Get up! Well, at least you didn't have to go swinging. <laughs> yeah, they managed to winch her over. 
they're a little worried how easily these maybe cast iron pipes bent when dual grasp hold of them. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of these, you know, these are wages these companies have where you have to sort oh, of yeah. all pull together and build something <laughs> together. And sort of... Team building. Yeah, team building. It's, it's like the most extreme team building <laughs> event ever. Craig, you know, I was just thinking, it would be awesome We more physical exertion. Come on, now start swinging. Rodney, you have to use your body and start swinging. Come on, you're so close. No, no. Use everything I got to get this far. So that's it then? You're, you're quitting? You're just going to die there on the rope? No. No, I'm just taking a little rest. Here he comes. Yeah. Just a few moments. See his hands shaking. Yeah. Because when they're filming the scene, he'd lift his feet up, so it was hanging on by his hands, and that strain actually shows. And the way his body's all compacted up and his head's almost embedded into his body as if he's trying to make out it's not actually happening. This isn't happening, you know. Hey, come on, Schwarzenegger, start swinging. Just a second more. Come on, Rodney, swing a bit. You could do it. Okay, thanks, over. After all you've done, we can't lose you on the end of a rope. He's right, you've been doing this for four years now. This is old art. Hurry up. That's going to incentivize you, isn't it, that is? <laughs> there we go, that's it. Like Tarzan. You always see a scene of the rope fraying, don't you? Always. Well, it's got to, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. bit of extra tension. <laughs> a bit of extra tension and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you'd do this as a kid, no worries. Yeah, when there's a thousand foot drop below, they nearly could do it. Like I say, they did all of that without the alpha males in there, didn't they? No rolling. And no Shepard. Yeah. Rodney, you know, he sorted it out. <laughs> they won't believe you when they go home and you write your report. No. Okay, come on. You need to help me. Well, Roland, he doesn't even bother writing one, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. Okay, thank you. How's Sam? She's going to be okay. It's a clean break, so they're resetting it and putting her into a cast, which means she's going to be on crutches for a few weeks or so, but... Thank you. She's going to be fine. She's his hero now, you see. Yeah. How you doing? I'd like to take a bath in whatever magical ointment they just put on my hands, because they are the only thing that doesn't hurt. It's like, it's like a scar, is it? Chicks dig scars. Well, not the chicks I dig. You're going to be fine. That, that did it. That sealed it for him. Thanks, by the way. For what? You saved my life. If you let go... Yeah, you're welcome. Right, well, I'm going back to my room, curling up in the field position and sleeping for the next three days. Oh, well, not quite yet. Hmm? You owe me a beer from the bar trick thing earlier. You couldn't figure it out, so... Well, there was no time. I would have figured it out. Yeah, well, eventually, I mean, chimps would have been able to figure it out. But the thing is, you didn't, so I win, and you owe me a beer. I don't remember ever agreeing to the beer. Okay. What? Do you want to have a drink with me or not? She's nasty in the inner Rodney. And she wants a drink. <laughs> and she wants a free drink, Viner, yeah. To which we'll find out in a later episode, he did only actually buy a one. <laughs> because in a later episode, he says that, well, we find a date, he says, you bought me one drink. Yeah, it's a little playful flirting. And again, they got a little criticism. Not long before, she was a little bit, uh, oh, hey, up, Ronan, hello. Yes, definitely, yes. Yeah, she had that little thing with him where he was in the hospital bay, didn't she, at the time? Yeah. But like they pointed out, you don't think twice of Shepard doing that with a woman every other episode. Yeah, so why shouldn't she? I think something society still hasn't quite grown out of. Yeah. Different standards for women as for men. Mm. 
I mean, come on, you'd think about buying her a couple of drinks, wouldn't you? He's clueless, the Rodney, clueless. He's not going to be very grabby, is he, anyway? Totally clueless, <laughs> though, on a personal level. Go out, whiz by. Yep. And that was Trio. Fun episode. It was. Enjoyed it. I think so, anyway. We laughed at it. We thought it was a good episode. Really did. Well, that's half the fun. I mean, if you can watch an episode again and again and again, even yeah. when you know what's going to come, and you still yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And you see, the thing is that obviously you've got the quite serious backstory running through this, and then you slip out of it now and again and do an episode like this. Even though it's fraught with danger, it'll add its fair share of funny lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can enjoy it for that, and I sometimes enjoy it when they step back from the main thrust of the backstory and its life and death of the universe. You know, I sometimes enjoy that, you know, so um, I think that's why that episode kind of appealed to us when we both watched it, you know. One thing you'll discover uh, when you eventually move on to Stargate Universe, mm. there aren't many episodes like that. Right. That's more full-on. To be f- Yeah, well, to be fair, they only got the two seasons. Yeah. And humour did become more important, especially in the second season. Yeah. Unfortunately, they never really got the chance to do an, an out-and-out humorous drama episode. Yeah. Well, they have got Robert Carlyle in it, after all. I mean, he doesn't lend himself to humour, does he, really? Yeah. <laughs> Although he was in Hamish Macbeth. <laughs> yeah. We can't hold it against him forever. But yeah. In Once Upon a Time, pulls the humour off quite well there, as well as being the uh, incredibly nasty little bugger. Yeah, that he can be, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really looking forward to I mean, obviously, we're going to sort of set ourselves on uh, The Last of the Stargate, but we're actually quite looking forward to the universe because it's um, different characters, a different setting, different adventures. Quite looking forward to getting into that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how you make them to your heart, you know, you know, that you're happy to see them. And, and, and it's nice to see them sort of thing, you know. And even when Teal came into Atlantis when he was training Ronan. Which is next week's episode. Yeah, where they had the incursion, you know, and so on, of the Rafe and things. I mean, and the really funny scene where he's on the floor and Ronan's behind him and, uh, and he said something and Ronan says, sort of really sarcastically moved his head and went, indeed. And he went, you yeah. say that a lot. And he went, do I? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God, who writes the line? <laughs> who writes it, you know? Well, Stargate have never been shy about taking proverbial out themselves. No, which is great. Part of the charm of it. Got uh, a little bit of trivia. The episode was nominated for a DGC Craft Award for Martin Wood for directing a TV series. Only nominated, unfortunately. Martin, he directed 29 episodes of Atlantis, 47 episodes of SG-1, then went on to work on Sanctuary and currently directing Cedar Cove. Martin Garrow, the writer, he wrote two episodes of Universe, four episodes of SG-1, and he worked on 32 episodes of SGA, 26 of which he wrote. Just a quick update, Martin's new show, Blindspot, premiered last week to viewer and critical acclaim. Okay, folks, that was Trio. Next week, we'll be looking at the episode Midway. The next Stargate Atlantis. Your reckless actions brought about the deaths of thousands of innocent people. Prepare the first wave! That's impossible.
I didn't use the bypass to shut down the gate for this very reason. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got a comment for last week's episode from Matt McLeod over on our Google Plus page. Wow, a good episode. Felt sorry for the replicator. Female. I agree with you guys, a role in Atlantis would have been a good future story. Kind of makes you wonder why they never made replicators who just made things like ships or ZPMs. I do understand that would be too easy though. I replied that Outcast did indeed turn out very well. I always liked it when Stargate went on location, and not just the forest of British Columbia either, and gave us a lot of character backstory. But like the Asgard beaming technology, the writers would have had ways to uh, negate the benefits of having a replicator at one of the facilities, or on a ship. We've seen many sci-fi shows simply choose to overlook an easy fix, but I think Stargate did avoid that trap, or at least not repeat it too often. Of course we know even with beaming and transporters, they did indeed choose to overlook the potential when it may have derailed a carefully written plot. Thanks for that Mac. If anyone else wants to get in touch with us, you can contact us directly via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com or via the contact form on our website which is gatecast.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook and Google+, and we have a very busy and productive presence on Twitter, at TheGateCast, which is one word. We are, of course, carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. The limitation of both those services is that they only carry a small percentage of our episodes. You can get access to all our shows via the website, and there is also a standalone RSS feed, which you can copy and paste into a podcatcher. That will allow your device to play everything we've released so far. We call it The Mission Files. Right then, that was Trio. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Phil, thank you very much for coming on the show with me. I've enjoyed it, and thanks for inviting me, Mike. No problem at all. We uh, love to have a fresh voice on the show. Although, as I said earlier, by the time people hear this, you may have been on the show who knows how many times. Who knows? Who knows? We can only hope for I hope you can understand my Nottinghamshire accent. Well, I can. <laughs> That's good. Can we get subtitles for the <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week. I've been Mike. I've been Phil. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.